About seven months ago, we moved into a new house. We lived in our old house for 15 years. It was a good house. We bought it when we first moved to Portland when I was still working for the school district and Andrew was just starting a new job as a professor. Kids and a family seemed a long way off and the term food blogger or podcaster, I don't think it was even invented yet. We weren't searching for a house with a bonus room for teenagers, and we certainly weren't looking for a kitchen that would do well with photography and video. Really, we were looking for good enough and definitely good enough for what we could afford at the time. And we loved that house. We made it our own. Eventually, we were able to renovate the kitchen and the first floor, not just because we wanted to enjoy the space we were in, but also for my job. We filled the house with memories and family, and eventually a kid. And I crammed as much as I could into the small pantry that we had available to us. I came up with a pretty good system to organize all of the food and the props and the lighting equipment and the pantry staples that I use not just to cook for the family, but also to run the food side of my business. The system was great, the house was good, and we were happy. But at some point in the early part of last year, we realized that we had a kid going on to middle school. I think it was that pandemic skip that took us from second grade to fifth grade in the blink of an eye. We knew it was coming, but here it was. And as much as we loved the house and the systems that we created and the memories we'd made, we felt like it was time to make the move. And if you've moved a lot or a little, you know it's a big decision It's a huge amount of stress. It's a huge amount of energy to go through the process, whether you are renting or buying, and certainly packing things up and starting over from scratch in a new place. All of it, it's just a lot. But together as a family, we became really clear on the intention behind a move. And even though we had renovated and we loved the area and we loved the school. We knew that this was a transition time, a fresh start as we started into the new chapter of middle school. And as a family, we revisited the how do we feel and how do we want to feel that I talked about last week. Because that's where I always start when making a decision, when starting something new is how do we feel and how do we want to feel? And it became really clear that a house that would hold not just our daughter, but also her friends, and not just our family, but my extended family. I have a pretty big extended family, like immediate extended family. So I have two sisters and they each have a bunch of kids and a lot of little kids. And then my parents, and we're lucky enough that we all live in the Pacific Northwest within driving distance. We happen to be the hosting house. I'm sure no one is surprised to hear that, that I happen to be the one who gets volunteered to host. And it just became really clear that we wanted to feel connected to our family and we wanted to be the place where the kids came to hang out. And we certainly didn't want that to slip away in the very short time that we have left with our daughter living at home. She started sixth grade, so we know we have middle school and high school, and then she's gone and out. And that time, that precious time of having friends over and having kids in the house is fleeting and we knew we had to do it. So long story short, we knew why we were doing it. We knew it was grounded in the values and the way that we wanted to be living. And we thought a lot about it. We'd looked at houses and thought about it. Then the pandemic happened, all these things. So it had been on our minds. And then all of a sudden, we found ourselves in the position to actually 
you know, make the jump, rip the bandaid off, so to speak, and put the house on the market. And the very day after we had met with the realtor, we went out and we found the house, the house that I didn't think we could find. And it checked all the boxes. It had room for lots of kids, room for our big family, um, entertaining space, natural light, which is such an important part of my job. It had this giant kitchen and it had a really nice big pantry. Now, I won't go into all the details of moving, but I will say it involved me outside in our backyard in a snowstorm trying to quote unquote stage the backyard with patio furniture, hoping that somebody could Photoshop the lawn to be green rather than a dirty brown snow color that it happened to be at the time we decided. And then also trying to get the roof replaced within three weeks. It's just, you know, how it goes when you're moving. Our closing date ended up getting moved. So the movers that we had scheduled fell through and we had to sort of find backup movers. I'm not sure that they were actually real movers or not. All I know was we ended up doing most of the move ourselves and we had a few missing items at the end. We had a broken KitchenAid that got dropped and we had all of the parts of my pantry all over the house. So there were some in the garage and some upstairs and some downstairs and it was fine. Overall, we were just thrilled to have been able to make the move, to be in the new house, to be starting this new chapter, this fresh start, missing and broken items, things scattered around the house, a few months of stress. It was all worth it. But when I tell you that the thought of unpacking, putting away and organizing in a kitchen that I wasn't familiar with, especially when I had 15 years of a very organized systematic processed kitchen that I used for not just our personal life, but for my work. Well, overwhelmed is an understatement. So I got everything unpacked and all in one place. So everything that was around the house in different locations, I made sure was in the kitchen. Then I unpacked everything and it was all sitting on the counter and the floor and at least in one area. And then, well, then I made a big mistake And I should know better because it's such a common mistake and it's one that I teach about in our programs and I coach about it. And yet here I was standing in boxes and wrapping paper and random odds and ends and pantry ingredients and props and lighting. And I lost my way and I forgot the first step. I forgot to go in the right order. And believe it or not, this episode is not about pantry organization It's actually about organizing your to-do list. But the two things have one thing in common, which is going in the right order and not skipping the first and very important step. I'm Robin Conley Downs, and welcome to Whole Life Organized. By the end of this episode, you'll know a key step and one that you might be missing to help you organize your to-do list for good. Okay, but before the to-do list, let's get back to the pantry. Okay, so I want you to imagine you're standing in a kitchen and you are surrounded by stuff and all the stuff is competing for your attention. There's plates, there's cups, there's bowls, there's silverware, there's pots, there's pans, there's the random serving platter you might use for a holiday. There's spices that sometimes you use all the time and some that are probably expired, let's be honest. There's flour and oats and lentils and chips. 
there's scissors and batteries and the contents of not one, but two different junk drawers. And it's scattered around amidst wrapping paper and boxes with no priority given, no system, no place to start. Okay, and now I want you to imagine that that kitchen is your life and all of those random items are your to-dos. Because really, those two things actually have a lot more in common than you think. Okay, we're back in the kitchen. There's stuff everywhere. And maybe it seems chaotic and maybe it seems overwhelming. But I want you to know something. The actual simple step of getting all of those things in one place means that you have accomplished step number one. And I find that people often skip this step or they do this step and they don't give themselves credit for it being a step. So in the case of the pantry, the very first step was to get everything in one place. And to tell you the truth, that took a lot of work because I think back now to those days when I was trying to get unpacked and where things have been on boxes have put it been put all over the place. Now, I will interject that I had labeled each box with a color-coded sticker. Of course I did. And then I put a matching sticker in the location where the box should go. So like I had tried to make this go smoothly, but like many things, you can come up with a plan. It doesn't work out. So at least I had the boxes labeled, but they were all over the place. And so I went through the systematic process of finding and tracking down in the garage, in various locations, all of the kitchen items. So step one was getting it all in one place, looking at what I had to work with. And I can't overemphasize the importance of this step because we can't organize what we don't know is there. And just as important, giving ourselves credit for the things that we're always already doing. And this is one of the things I cannot overstate is giving yourself credit for the things you're already doing. I can't tell you the number of clients I work with, the people that go through our programs when they figure out like the the steps and the right order to take those steps in. A lot of the times they're doing some of these things and they're just not giving themselves credit. They're thinking that there's some other version or some perfect way of doing things that they're not. So it's this combination of knowing the right steps doing them in the right order, and also giving yourself credit when you're actually doing things that fall into those steps. So now I did step one, I gave myself credit, but then I skipped the next most important step. And you know what I went to? And I think you can guess. So you have all this you know, nonsense all around you. I'm not going to call it junk because it's, it was actually mostly things that I used. They were just haphazard and chaotic. Guess what I did next? Just think about it for a second. If you were me, what would you think you needed to do? Especially when it comes to the pantry. Because I, you know, very privileged. I ended up with, it's not like a walk-in pantry, but it is, there are multiple shelves. It's definitely bigger than I had before. And then I know most people have access to, like, it's a fantastic, amazing thing that I even have a pantry. But I'm looking at this pantry with these blank white shelves. And what do you think I thought I needed to do next? If you answered getting online or going to the container store and buying plastic organization bins, then you would be correct. I just felt deep in my bones that I couldn't just put everything in there. I needed those bins. Maybe I've just been brainwashed from watching 
too many home organization shows or browsing on Instagram, but this just seemed like I had to take this step. And I don't know if you've looked at plastic bins online lately, but it's like a huge investment to do an entire pantry with bins. So I went, I looked, I got completely overwhelmed, not just by the price, but like measuring the pantry and figuring out the number of bins that needed to go in there. I'm not a person who has like the dimensional intelligence where I could look at it, measure, and then figure out the number of bins. Like It became this completely overwhelming experience and days are going by and all of our stuff's still all over the floor and the and the counters and I can't find anything and I can't even make like a basic lunch for myself. And so I did kind of like a halfway version. I ordered like one set of five plastic bins and like one set of five wire baskets. And I thought, okay, well... I can try to figure out how this works. Like, this is not a a high priority. I get it. Like, this is not the most important thing in the world. It wasn't the most important thing to me. But I will say, part of my job is working with food, having it well organized in a good system is important to my livelihood. So I was taking that seriously. So I get the bins and I get the baskets and then I realize that I don't really like the baskets. And then I realize I needed more of the plastic bins. Like, it became much more of a mental energy drain than I had expected, anticipated, or like had the bandwidth for at the time. And what's more important here is when I was started to put the things away into these bins, I didn't they didn't fit with what I had. And so what I thought was going to be a great system really ended up backfiring. And it backfired because I skipped a step, as I mentioned. So eventually I just realized that I was spinning my wheels. I did not want to invest more money, energy, time into buying things that I didn't know would work. So I scrapped the whole idea of bins. I kept what I had and I just shoved everything in the pantry. I needed it off the floor. I needed it off the counters. And you know what? That was okay because the pursuit of perfection in this case and trying to get it all figured out before I'd actually experimented was stopping me from just making forward progress, getting food off the actual floor out of the boxes that it was in so that we could make breakfast, for example. And I kept it that way for months and months. And like I said, I work part of my other side of my job is in food. I run a food website, test recipes every week, make food content, photos, video, the whole thing. And what seemed like a fairly chaotic scene in the pantry, there was no color coding, there was no plastic bins, there was no you know, seeming or- organization. I just basically grouped like things with like things. So I put all the baking ingredients shoved together in one area of the pantry and I put canned like beans and tomatoes and things that I know I use in like soups and stews in one area kind of shoved together, all our grains and dried beans shoved together in one area. It doesn't look good, but it works for me. So perfectionism isn't a step, but it is something I always keep in mind that I did not let the ideal, perfect, seemingly perfect system stand in the way from just function and forward momentum. Okay, so the important step I skipped here is looking, evaluating, making some decisions about how things go together. Because you can't find a place to fit things into if you don't know how they group together in the first place. And the reason I'm telling the story of the pantry is because it's a very tactile example. Like you can imagine the actual items and the objects 
And it's a lot easier to visualize that than like all the infinite to-dos that you potentially have on your list. And I think you can imagine if you had all these boxes and items and kitchen tools and cutlery and ingredients and packaged goods that you could group them together like things with like things. And if I were to have done that first, then I could have thought, how will I find a place for them to fit? I would have been able to figure out what kinds of bins I needed or if I even needed bins at all. But because I went in the reverse order, it did not work. And I want to save you that mistake. So when it comes to your to-do list, you could definitely go back to episode one and revisit the one tip that I gave at the end of the episode. Because that's where I always start in our programs, in working with clients, in my own life. But then I don't want you to skip step one or step two. Like I said, we have more steps that I teach in the program, but I don't want to overwhelm you and I want you to be able to do this and have success. So step one is get everything in one place. And when I see people trying to make to-do lists, I see the same phenomenon with the to-do list as I did boxes all over my house in different rooms. You might have a list of things that you need to do for home in one journal, and then you have a list of work to-dos like on your computer and then maybe written down on a post-it. You have social to-dos somewhere else and maybe appointments and family responsibilities somewhere else. And I'll tell you right now, if you don't have everything in one place, it's impossible to organize it. You just can't do it because how would I have been able to get my kitchen and my pantry set up if there were boxes up in the bedroom and in the garage? It just, it can't happen. So when you're making your to-do list, I want you to take one piece of paper or one note on your phone I don't care where you do it. I am personally an analog person. I still think that there's power in writing things down. There's actually a decent amount of research about the benefit of physically writing something down. But if you love a note on your... Like to create one note on your phone or if you already have an app that you like, that's fine. But regardless, we're starting with one place that it all goes. So this is what I want you to do. This is how I do it. I take one blank page in the planner that I use and I write every single item to do for the day that I can think of as it comes into my brain. So maybe the day before I start adding to it and during the day I add to it and I'm talking everything. I'm talking about work to do's. If you work in a formal work setting, I'm talking about things for family responsibilities. If you take care of children, if you care, take care of aging parents, if you take care of pets, like everything to do for that then everything that you do to take care of your human body. So exercise, movement, working out, whatever you want to call it, um, anything for meals. So anything you need to do for making meals for yourself, getting food sourced, grocery shopping, ordering online, making reservations, all the things that add up to to-dos that are related to feeding yourself and or others. If you do volunteer work, if you're active in a faith-based community, like every single to-do is going on this one page. I like to do it in my planner. And now you have accomplished step one. So give yourself some credit. You have got everything in one place. And this has so many advantages. Number one, like I said, you can't organize something that's scattered all over the place that you don't even know where it is, that you can't even see it. 
I think it also really helps us realize how many things there are to do in a day and that you don't feel like you've gotten nothing done by the end because we're not we're not counting and we're not tracking so many of the activities and things that we are responsible for every day. And it just takes uh, the load out of our brain. Like we think that we can remember all the things. Our brains are not made for that. So it gives our brain a little bit of a break to have it all in one place that we can reference. And if that's all you do, I would call that an organized to-do list. Now, like I said, there's other steps. I'm going to share a second one with you here in a moment. But even having one place where all of your to-dos are versus having them on post-it notes and in a, in a planner that you never use and then on your computer, like this is organization. And like I said, do I think that there are, you know, could I have improved on my system and my pantry by going to step four and five? Absolutely. But the bottom line is once I had everything together, I could put it in the pantry and it was functional, like it still worked. It could be optimized, it could be improved, it could be refined, sure. But having it just in one place and one sheet, like that's a win, call it what it is. And then if you want to go into step two, you can start to look at how it goes together. And I wouldn't do this right away. And some of you are going to immediately say, Robin, no, I need categories. I want to categorize these things. That's great. Please wait until you have a couple days worth of all of the tasks because you can't categorize if you don't know what you're working with. And I don't want you getting bogged down in like creating systems when you don't even have the basics. And that is just from years and years of working with clients and coaching and teaching that we want to jump into like overcomplicating and over-optimizing before we even have basic things. So having a list of everything is more important than categorizing things you don't know exist yet. However, if you want to go to step two, you can, after several days or even months of these daily task lists, I like to, my planner is a little bit larger, so it really has a lot of room. Like you could end up with 50 items on this list. That's okay. We just really want to know, like, what are all the things I need to get done today? Then, if you want to go back and look, you should start to see some natural categories emerge. And this is where your own life, your own experience, your own actual to-do list is going to guide you to the categories. Just like in my pantry, it was became fairly obvious when I had everything out and I was able to look at it. I saw like, okay, canned goods, beans, tomatoes, tomato sauce, they're all the same shape, the same size. I'm going to just put those all together. Okay, dried dried grains and dried legumes and those kind of items, like things you find in the bulk aisle, I'm going to put those together. Could we have organized that and categorized that a different way? Yes. But after looking at everything, that's what that's what made the most sense for me. And that's why when you look at this daily task list, this daily to-do list, you might see the categories. So you might want to then transition from one big giant brain dump task list to creating your own categories. So maybe you have a category for taking care of your mental and physical health, right? So your exercise, your grocery shopping, your meal planning, your meal prepping, whatever that looks like. If you take care of family members, maybe you have a category for each individual family member or the entire family member. If you do like things to take care of the physical space you live in, maybe, you know, cleaning, that type of thing, that's a category. I don't know because I don't know what all your tasks are and I don't know how they go together for you. As I said in my program, I guide you step by step through this. I show you mine and kind of the 
the places that I see people get stuck in, but you can totally do this on your own without any kind of prerequisites. You can literally just get it. I like to keep it in a notebook or some kind of place where they stay together rather than loose leaf paper, but it's very simple. There is absolutely nothing you need to do ahead of time. You don't have to overcomplicate it. You take a the first page, you write every single thing you need to do. And as they come into your brain in the day, write them down. And then the next day you do the same and the next day you do the same. And so now everything's in one place. We have not skipped a very important first step. Then if you really want to categorize, you absolutely can. We're going to go in the right order onto the next step, which is putting like things together, create the categories you like, and that's essentially your template. It's a system. It's a way that you are now organizing your life. And the beautiful thing is it's based on your individual needs, on what you actually do. And it's not what some influencer told you or like a pre-made planner. Like it's really functional. And that is how you do it. That is the first steps in the right order of how to organize a to-do list. As always, I want to remind you that you're not doing it wrong. You're not behind. And to give yourself credit for all the things that you are already doing. Of course, I'd love to see your one-page brain dump list of all your things. You can connect with me at Whole Life Organized on Instagram and hit subscribe so we can calm the chaos together and get our whole lives organized. <laughs>